The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. time again to close things out with a song rejoining me from earlier in the week is Courage to Rise host and author, coach and healer extraordinaire, Jennifer Rayford. Awesome. Excited to talk about this. Yes. <laughs> Today's music video is for Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar. It's the lead single from the 1983 album Live from Earth, which also featured the single Lipstick Lies. This is a live album with two studio tracks tacked onto the end of it. Kind of interesting. I've not sure I know of many that did that. Yeah. But of course, the two studio tracks are the singles from it. So you did get Hit Me With Your Best Shot with this album, just a live version. It was a single that sold over 1 million records worldwide. And it's tied with We Belong as her highest charting single in the United States. And VH1 calls it number 30 on the 100 greatest songs of the 1980s. And yeah, it earned her her fourth consecutive Grammy for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance. Her other ones were Crimes of Passion, Fire and Ice, and Shadows of the Night. It beat out Stevie Nicks, Stand Back, Joan Armatrading's The King, Kim Carnes' Invisible Hands, Bonnie Tyler's Faster Than the Speed of Night. And she lost the next year to Tina Turner, who would then herself go on to win four of these in a row. And Pat Benatar was up for three of those four years that happened. Music is a battlefield, too. Music is quite a battlefield. <laughs> this one is uh, directed by Bob Giraldi. He directed Michael Jackson's Beat It, Lionel Richie's Hello, Jermaine Jackson and Pia Zadora's When the Rain Begins to Fall, which is from the classic hit film Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Have you seen mm-hmm. Voyage of the Rock Aliens? I have not, but I'll add that to my list. <laughs> Craig Sheffer in that movie does a song. We talked. We mentioned the program in the last one. Craig Sheffer here, he does a song, obviously lip-synced, uh, called Nature of the Beast. I talked about it in my old show. I kind of loved it, this dopey musical movie with Pita Zadora, Craig Sheffer, but Jermaine Jackson and her do a song from it. He also did Hall & Oates Obsession. He worked with Paul McCartney. He did Ricky Martin's Loaded. Will Smith's Just the Two of Us. Directed the 2000 film Dinneresh. And then the last decade, he's just been making short films. So music video, he's got he's got his cred there. He did Michael Jackson. So yeah. right from there. Let's line some other ones. The video features Pat Benatar on a bus to who knows where, reflecting on her leaving her small town after a spat with her father. She goes to a big scary city full of lots of got muscle guys. Like this is this LA, I think, maybe. And it's just guys in tanks and leather pants that look like they might be going to the movie cruising. She becomes a dancer, but I think it's more like the nice version of an escort or a brothel worker. I, at this sleazy club, she later leads a dance revolt on the abusive odor, and all the women free themselves to an empty freeway at sunrise and go their own way. So, 
You said you had never seen this music video. I before. had never seen the music video and obviously heard the song, have it on my, well, nobody has iPods anymore, but I have it on my phone, on my playlist, but I'd never seen the video. And I, as I was, I learned actually some really interesting, <laughs> the geek in me learned some really interesting things in watching <laughs> it, but I, I laughed out loud at a couple of points in the <laughs> video. <laughs> so when I'm watching it and I'm watching and she goes into you know, New York city, whatever CD clubs. I'm like, Oh wow. Is this like a metaphor for like, she goes into prostitution. No, it's actually a real thing. Did you know this? Like taxi dancers. Ta- okay. No, I saw the term taxi dancer, but I didn't look any further. Yeah. So it's, it's actually really interesting. So it was a legitimate job and okay. I think it started in like the 1920s, twenties and thirties that it was, it was sort of in the same way that you go and hail a taxi for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. They would, men would go to clubs and they would pay to dance with, a woman for a song or multiple songs. Oh. And so it was actually a, a legitimate business, like a oh. legitimate job where obviously there, there were shadier sides that were, as with many things, it skews sometimes into other. So there were people that I think took it to other extents, but, but it was a, it was an actual profession that women would go and be, and they would be taxi dancers. And I got down a rabbit hole on this. I was like, Oh my God, that's so interesting. <laughs> so you want to get together and make an app for taxi yeah. dancing? <laughs> you go in the app, you hit your club. I think it's called Tinder. I'm not sure. <laughs> you find it. You find it. You find a dancer that you would like to. Ching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find a dance. Part. What style of dance? What style of dance you looking for? What's your height? Would you there match you up? And like, hey, let's dance. And it'd be a consensual dance, not a a worker dance or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it very much feels like brothel, like like it's trying to hint to more, definitely. That's and, probably and that, why the revolt happened. Yeah. But the way they the way they play Pat Benatar when she's dancing with that guy is like, I'm just dead inside. And that was why, and that was my initial impression, right? Yeah. It was like there, you know, she's there there's the whole thing of she gets kicked out of the house, daddy, we got daddy issues, right? Mm-hmm. And so that daddy who says the first dialogue ever in a music video, like no music videos didn't have lines before then. And then she weirdly sings at him. Like somebody needed to make a parody of that. in some movie where they're getting kicked out. It's like, why are you singing at me? Like, just go get out. Because the music video to me, when I listen to the lyrics of the song, I get something completely different in my head. I was like, Oh, oh, all right. So yeah, you sing back at him, girl, you show him. Right. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was the feeling that was given of like prostitution, yeah. right? Of like being there, but but being empty and just being there for the transaction of it. And that's why I, I ended up looking into it, and I was like, oh, okay. So it, it was actually a real thing. But I think the kind con- of I mean, connotation is still there. And right. I think you know, to your point, then it it made more sense to me. Of they started to revolt because then it was less of he was more of the seedy side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, the, where I got the prostitution thing too was the the type of attire they had kind of remind me of like an eighties up old west saloon prostitute uh-huh. look. Like that's what yeah. it kind of looked like to me. But no, I, I guess it's taxi dancing. Yeah. Is, so it was. I learned. I learned something new. So <laughs> it's interesting. And the taxi dancers, they are a synchronized dance squad on the side. <laughs> they they got their moves together and they their arms and. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's really a thing anymore, but <laughs> I think it was until like the 60s. So. Right. <laughs> Only in music videos can you fight right. off the right. evil guy with dance. No, um, they fight him off with their... <laughs> yes, 
shaking it. That was the part that cracked me up. I was like, oh, that's what we're coming at him with. All right. <laughs> yes. It's just living like this. Like this is also part of that, you know, this is like 80, 83, I think it was. Oh, well, yeah, I mentioned earlier, 83. And during like the 80s and stuff, when I was a kid, like big cities were just scary, bad. You'd, you'd go there, you'd be robbed, you'd be put into like drugs, prostitute. Like I don't, like it all came from probably New York's 42nd Street. Mm-hmm. LA wasn't the greatest at times, but big cities were like these scary places to kids. Even through like kids movies, like Ninja Turtles, when that came out, uh-huh. I mean, your first scene's April O'Neil works downtown, but she gets, she gets held up. Batman. Tim Burton's yep. Batman, big city up. Oh, parents gonna get shot in the alley or robbed, mugged in the alley because his parents get shot later. That's a different couple, but <laughs> it's just weird how they just wanted to like scare you from the big city. Yeah, so, like were they overcrowded? Were they wanting less people? Is it like a tourism thing? Like, don't come here. <laughs> we don't. We don't want because I would always be intimidated when I was a kid and I go to. It took me a while. Like, it took me like maybe going to New, when I was a teen after I graduated high school. I went to New York for for a summer and I just like a week and a half but that really got me over like oh this ain't this isn't bad like where's the scary people and all where's, this? All, the scary, where's all the darkness and the scariness and yeah the- and even <laughs> at night it felt almost safer like that was the the, the weird thing and I, I don't know it was just interesting that 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 dichotomy like jason jason takes manhattan uh friday the 13th part eight which i actually have the poster yeah. up there um <laughs> That one's funny because they take this boat. They get there, and immediately upon getting there, they get robbed. They get the girl gets kidnapped, and she's gonna be raped. And they put drugs in her, and like no one cares. They get there's toxic shit all over the street. And it's like, why? Why was this such a thing? Who had? What Hollywood writers had this horrible experience with these big cities, or maybe they didn't want other writers coming out, yeah. and they were like, "Nope." New York City Board of Tourism is like, "Hold on." <laughs> yeah, but she lives in that city. She's in this yeah. city area. It's all yeah. And um, and writing, I thought I was writing to her brother about her fabulous new yeah, life. Yeah, what, right? what was like, in those notes? What, yeah. what did her little brother brother learn? <laughs> I had to dance with a man named Lyle the night. <laughs> he used the same cologne as dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. It's, it's different to like, yeah, I hadn't seen this music video in a long time, but it's weird to put this song, this iconic song that you just know with this. And it's like, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> And see what I did, because this is what I do. The the coach in me and the healer in me looked at it and went, oh, no, okay, I can draw a connection here, right, from the video. Because I was like, okay, yeah. well, she gets kicked out. So she's got some stuff with her father that needs to get resolved. And that always right. gets translated into relationships. So obviously love is a battlefield because mama's got daddy issues. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, so a movie I love quite a lot, 13 Going on 30. Uh huh. That's a huge song to that movie, and I associate this song with that movie a lot of the times too. And they even had I gotta pop it in, but on the Blu-ray and DVD, it's a bonus feature the mu- the actual music video <laughs> for it, which is pretty great. And it's you know one of her most iconic songs for sure. Yeah. You still hear it today. You still like oh yeah. Here we go. Turn it. Yeah. I heard bit. it. Well, I'll be in my condo just the other day. <laughs> so. Excellent. Yeah. I can't believe I hadn't seen the video until now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a first time for everything. Uh, and maybe you saw it back then, just went away from your memory. Yeah. The Taxi Dancing, the dance squad, uh, choreographed by Tony and Emmy Award winner Michael Peters. I'm not related <laughs> at all. 
It's a little familial plug there, yeah. Yeah, but yeah and uh, it was nominated in the first ever MTV Video Music Awards for Best Female Video, and it lost to City Lopper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Oh. But the other nominees that were there were Cindy Lopper again for Time After Time, and Bette Midler's Beast of Burden, and Donna Summers, She Works Hard for the Money. Pat Benatar never nominated again for any VMAs. But Cindy Lopper would go on to be like just like a lot of them throughout the decade. But I, I was, yeah, I was like, oh, the first ever VMAs. And I was like, who's she up against? And I'm like, well, time after time is better than girls just want to have fun. But I get That's girls why. just want to have fun is the breakout. Yeah. Anything off that album is golden. And someday we will talk about Cindy Lopper on the <laughs> show. I have talked about that many times. We have done Tiffany, uh, but we have not gone to Cindy Lopper, Debbie Gibson. We've done I, Madonna. I, but I, I did get to see Tiffany before this was, let's see, Time Has No Meaning Anymore, pre-pandemic. The mixtape tour. Okay. New Kids on the Block, Naughty by oh. Nature, Tiffany, Debbie Gibson. So I got to go see that with my best friend from middle school who now lives here in Denver. So she got away from her kids long enough long enough for us to go back to the 1980s. Oh, excellent. <laughs> a fun night. We got to see Tiffany perform her one song. So. No shit too. Could have been. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been. Yes. <laughs> that one's on like the 80s love ballads compilations. <laughs> Excellent. I, I want to know where she was headed in the bus. I have to think she was home. leaving the big city for, no, I, I no. think she's going off into the great blue yonder away okay. from home, away from the CD city to make her way in like, you know, Chicago or something. <laughs> Peoria. <laughs> Got a taxi dancing connection there. I, right. <laughs> tra- tra- transferred clubs. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to go to Europe. Who knows? Okay. Well, that completes our week here on the show. Jennifer, it's been an absolute treat having you here this week. And before we head on to the weekend, please let people know where they can keep up with you or look into your services. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. So my website is just my name, jenniferrayford.com. And I'm on Instagram as jrayalday, J-W-R-E-Y-A-L-L-D-A-Y. And my podcast is Courage to Rise. And you can go to couragedrise.com and link out to the book and the podcast and all the things. Excellent. Awesome. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work on whysoblue.com. The Brandon Peter Show returns all new next week. But until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film chatter. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.